Hello, and welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are a faith-filled, family-focused church that's in Lakeville, Minnesota. In a moment, you'll be able to hear a sermon from one of our pastors. We hope that you enjoy and grow closer to God through these messages. And now, for a sermon from our lead pastor, Derek Ross. Amen. Well, good morning. It's great to see you. Welcome to those watching, worshiping online. My name is Derek. I'm the lead pastor here, and uh, we're, we're going to continue this series. Thank you for your uh, care and concern and uh, involvement for so many. Um, I don't really have time to talk about them all today. You'll hear a lot more next month in our month of missions. Uh, one of our uh, partners and around the world in Turkey uh, recently just had a miracle this week. They were working on buying a building for a coffee shop. And last week, uh, another church here in Minnesota uh, met the financial need. The rest of it, it was about 120,000 remaining. So they got word this week that they're gonna be closing on that building. You know, after decades of being present, nothing happening. God is on the move all the way around the world in Turkey. And uh, that pastor, he just sent me a message and he told me, you know, missions is the gateway to miracles. And so uh, I'm so grateful to be part of a church that believes in missions all the way around the world, but also, you know, when people in our local communities and in our nation are hurting as well, amen? It's great to be part of a church that's responding to that. Also this last week, um, I, I got to be part of something where God put something together. We were able to meet a great need for North Central University, uh, one of our uh, great universities. Somebody's got universities here in Minneapolis, and so I'll tell you more about that next month with President Scott Hagen. It's just awesome to be part of that. And then this week, uh, obviously with Convoy, we mentioned last week from Pastor Vicente about what they're doing in uh, Puerto Rico and now here in Florida. So it's just a great time, but uh, thanks so much for being people who are always ready to respond. Well, I've got a lot to cover today, and then we're going to pray. And uh, John Wooden, the great UCLA coach, said, be quick, but don't hurry. Yeah, first service, I got through about half my notes, about the first half of every point. So uh, we'll see what we hit today. Uh, but really, I, I just want to make sure we get to our time together in prayer. Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. He didn't want his message to just be wise and persuasive words, but he wanted to come with acts or demonstrations of the Spirit's power. And that's what we're believing for today. He said, I did bring a message of wisdom for the mature. So I guess if you're a mature believer, my message will be filled with wisdom. <laughs> if you don't like my preaching, you figure out the other side of that. You know, but, but we really want to come with acts of power. And so we're going to pray. Uh, I was uh, in fasting and prayer for three days this week leading up to this and a meal every day after. Uh, our pastors and prayer partners have been fasting and praying for these moments. And we're going to believe that God will do what only he can do. Amen. I've titled the message, Walking in Power. We're going to read about Peter and John that were walking in power. We're going to read about a man who was lame from birth. He spent 40 years lame, and he was then walking in power. And I believe through the Holy Spirit of God that you and I are supposed to walk in power as well. Amen? All right, Acts chapter 3. If you have a Bible, you could turn there. And let's stand to our feet this morning for the reading of God's word, walking in power. The Bible reads like this, Acts chapter 3 and verse 1. One day... Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. 
Now, a man who was lame from birth, Susie, I'm a, that's point number one. You got to wait about the spiritual pattern. I'm going to get to routines when I get there. Amen. Okay. It'll save me time if Susie gives you the message before I preach it. But here we go. They were just doing what they normally did right at three in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth, some of you married a dude like that, but that's a different story. Okay. I'm just kidding. That's not in the Bible. That's not what we're talking about. Don't look at your spouse. They carried him uh, to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day. There's that idea of just a routine. It was the normal thing. And he would beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. That's just what he normally did every day. And Peter looked at him. You know, something happens if we'll take time to notice the needs around us. Peter and John took a moment and they looked at him. I don't know if it took them an extra moment. They were trying to figure out. They looked at him. Maybe they were allowing the Holy Spirit to quicken in their hearts. What is it that you want to do? And they looked at him and Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention. And now he was expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I'm going to give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. (laughs) Then he took him by the right hand and he helped him up. You know, even when people have been changed by the power of God, sometimes they still need a help up. Let's not be religious people that are judging everybody about their current situation. Why can't they do it for themselves? Peter said, you know what? Go ahead and walk and let me help you. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Come on, even if you're Norwegian, if God's power changes your life, you'll walk and leave and praise God. That don't matter what your nationality is. That doesn't matter what your church background is. When the power of God changes your life, come on, you'll never be the same. Verse nine, when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man that used to sit and beg at the temple gate called beautiful. They were like, isn't he the one we just gave money to earlier in the service? I want a refund. <laughs> Come on, but how many people know when God changes your life, everybody takes note and says they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. We're talking, we're preaching about, and we're believing for walking in power. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to lift high that mighty and matchless name of Jesus. And it's in that name that we pray. We ask, Holy Spirit, give us ears to hear what you're saying. Do what only you can do. May it not just be wise and persuasive words this morning, Father, but but give us demonstrations of your Spirit's power. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 You may be seated. Well, this year we've been talking about spiritual revival and and the glory of God. We we focused in on the ministry of the Holy Spirit, yes, here in America even, not just around the world, not just back in the Bible, but what he has done right here in our nation. And I, I think probably the greatest spiritual outpouring in our nation yet. 
Come on, somebody say yet. It's the greatest one yet. I don't think God's done moving. I don't think he's done speaking. I don't think he's done moving. But the greatest outpouring yet was at Azusa Street, California, Los Angeles, California, 1906 to 1909. Maybe if you're newer and you missed this, you've never heard of that. It was a place where uh, creative miracles of healing took place 24 hours a day, seven days a week for over three and a half years. Not just on Sunday, not just on Wednesday, but come on, each and every day throughout the day, God's healing power was on display. People that were missing arms grew limbs right out of their body, right? Eyeballs that were empty or eye sockets that were empty filled in with eyeballs. People that were blind could now see. Cancer fell off, growths that had developed on people's bodies, they fell off and lives were completely changed and restored in the glory of God. Talked about that Shekinah glory, that that word means God tents here, God dwells here. There was such a strong presence of God, a a glory cloud came and kids could play hide and seek in the sanctuary. Not like, you know, they they weren't able, but like literally you couldn't see from this side to the other because the presence of God was so strong, right? We talked about that first Kings chapter eight. That, that when Solomon was dedicating the temple and when they were finally done, the presence of God inhabited the temple of God and it was so strong that the priests couldn't even perform their duties. <laughs> How many people wanna be so strong in the presence of God that you can't do things the way that you used to do them before? Come on, we can't go out in our own power. We can't go out in our own strength. We're totally dependent upon the presence and power of God. Well, well, those meetings were led by a, um, an unsuspecting or, or an uncommon leader. It was a black man by the name of William J. Seymour. Now, when the revival, the outpouring started, he himself was not baptized in the Holy Spirit, but he was preaching on it because it was in the Bible. <laughs> Come on. And so they started to pray, and all of a sudden, a group of uh, men got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and it wasn't even him yet, and then it hit him, and all of a sudden, things just started to happen. But he was a, a black pastor. That wasn't really accepted back then to be in a multicultural, multinational situation. And all of a sudden, people came from all over, regardless if they were Norwegian or German, if they were rich or poor, if they were white, black, brown, whatever it was, people came together and God chose for this black preacher by the name of William Seymour to steward the move of God, not to lead the move of God. True moves of God are only led by him, but to steward the move of God. And it just so happens that this week is the 100-year anniversary when William Seymour passed, September 28th, 1922. Now, I I didn't totally put all this together when we prayed months ago and laid the sermon series, but isn't it coincidental that this week we'd be talking about walking in power. You know, it was in 1909 as the revival, the outpouring was kind of winding down that he and uh, Sister Mary Woodworth Etter, a great healing revivalist, uh, evangelist, uh, prophesied that in 100 years there'd be an even greater outpouring of the presence of God here in America. So here we are. It's been a little bit over 100 years since they prophesied that. It's been basically exactly 100 years since he passed away. But I don't know what your math is saying, but my spirit is saying, yes, Lord, let it be done here today. Come on, in Jesus' name. Uh, You'll see there in your notes, I do need to get to those. There are four points. I believe they're important, but as I said, we're going to pray and ask God to do what only he can do. Uh, But hope is a very powerful thing. Romans chapter 4 and verse 18 said, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. 
And, and that's what we're doing today. We're believing in hope. Whether it's been a long time that you've been waiting, a long time that you've been praying, or just a short time. Whether you got a bad doctor's report this week, or you got it last year, or you got it 10 years ago. Whatever it is, we're believing in hope. Come on, like Abraham. Against all hope, we're still going to in hope believe. Can I get a good Amen. Now, each week, we've had different um, illustrations or visuals for you to remember. Week number one, we, we talked about the, the power for today, right? Remember, it was those Mentos and the Diet Coke, and, and, and the baptism in the Holy Spirit wasn't about more of the Holy Spirit for us. It was getting the Holy Spirit out of us for others, and, and, and we did that little science experiment. We said, but we don't want just a science experiment. We want a supernatural encounter, but so we got to take that lid off. We see the Holy Spirit come out, and, and a lot of people said, and then week two, I talked about proclaiming the gospel. Remember, I had the megaphone phone. And uh, some people need to be louder so they could hear. And we talked to Dexter all the way in the back. Remember that? And we said, the Holy Spirit will help us be louder so that people could hear. And then it was another message that I didn't really have time to preach. Maybe I'll come back to it next year. Some people are too loud that they can't be heard. <laughs> Amen. And so we're not just talking about people with voices like Pastor David that doesn't need a microphone. We're talking about people who are yelling too much. Can I get a good amen? We know who that is. And uh, anyway, uh, then last week, uh, we talked about uncommon community, right? That every day they got to together, they met with these things. And when we're going through struggles in, in, in life, that when we're all alone, that nail can pop our balloon. And, and, but we can't go through life alone. We need one another. And when we have a group of people together, community might not be for you. It might be you for somebody else. And when we gather together, now all of a sudden that same balloon is not popped by the pressure and the concern of the world. So we can remember those things. Well, today we're talking about miracles. So the only illustration I have is whatever God does at the end of our service. There, there's no science experiment, there's no video, there's no pre-planned, pre-arranged testimony that we're going to share, but I'm asking God, and I've been believing, I've been fasting and praying this week that he would come with acts of power so that the message might be believed, amen? So we're going to pray for that. So I'm going to uh, be quick, like John said, but I'm not going to hurry through the message. All right, number one, hopefully you have your notes, uh, spiritual patterns lead to supernatural opportunities. Spiritual patterns Good routines, good practices will lead you to supernatural opportunities. The Bible says that one day, Peter and John were going to the temple at the time of prayer. You know, it could have been any day. We don't even really, we don't know if it was a Tuesday or a Wednesday. It was just one day. Have you noticed that we tend to remember special days, but we often forget regular days? You know, we forget Tuesday, but we remember Christmas. We forget Thursday, but we remember our birthday. Other people forget about the birthday, and you're like, hey, this is coming up. This Friday is a special day in my household because it is the 16th wedding anniversary for me and my wife. It's going to be an awesome day. Amen. Yeah, it's a special day. It's a special day. We remember that. I remind myself publicly that it is this Friday. I got five days. I got to do something special. Amen. But... But we remember special days, but we forget other days. You know, sometimes when we read through the book of Acts, we're like, man, I wonder why Tuesday doesn't look like that in my life. You know, we just read Acts chapter 2, and for three weeks we talked about this, and they had prayed, and they waited 10 days, and then boom, Pentecost happened. But, you know, they didn't know it was going to be 10 days. 
They just went and they prayed every day till God did something. Then, then Pentecost came. They said it sounded like a mighty rushing wind. It looked like tongues of fire. And then all of a sudden, they began to speak in tongues, an unknown language. And a bunch of people from around the world that happened to have gathered for that feast of Pentecost, they heard the wonders of God in their own language. It was, it was really, I think, the first miracle. It was probably a miracle of hearing that God gave interpretation to them because everybody heard the same thing in a different way. And it was like, wow, that mattered. And then 3,000 people got saved. I'm sure everybody that was there remembered that day. And then we don't know how many days. It just says one day later it happened. You know, when we read the book of Acts, it's so many awesome things. You know, it took place over four decades. There's a lot of things. And I think all of us have had some book of Acts experiences in our lives, but the trouble is we don't often take time to sit down and think about it and look back at the faithfulness of God in our lives. If all of us got one page to type down our whole life story, we would all have things that God has done, has saved us from, has protected us from. Just this last week, or was it two weeks ago now, Jack happened and I saw his car parked out there and his gas tank was hanging low. I didn't know what it was, but I was told it was a gas tank. I was like, it doesn't look right. That was how much I knew about it. Amen. But Dexter knows what he's doing. And, and he said, that's the gas tank. Don't drive. Actually, Dan was following me. You're just going to Buffalo Wild Wings. I'm still not sponsored by them. Look at all this free advertising I give them. They should sponsor. Anyway, never mind. I don't know why that's just... And uh, Dexter got the, the car up on the gas tank. Then there was a hole and gasoline started dripping from the gas tank. You know, Jack said, at any day, that could have caused a spark. It could have been a fire. It could have exploded. But it just waited till Dexter, who knew what he was doing, to look at it and see the hole coming down and somebody who could fix it. He said, I'm so thankful that God protected me for however long before the rust kicked in on that tank. You know, if we looked back at our life, not only would we be able to live miracles and awesome things that God has done in our life. There's pages of things that God didn't let happen to our lives that we don't even know about. But when we get to heaven, we'll see that he was working. He was watching. He was protecting. God done great things. And so the book of Acts, it takes place over four decades. These first couple chapters took place over a couple years. As, even as we're looking at the early church, it wasn't every day. We just read about these special days. <laughs> you know, but like a week or two might've gone by and nothing happened. They didn't write it down. <laughs> they, you know, chapter three, nothing happened. Chapter four, nothing happened again. No, we don't write that. It's just like one day, boom, they were doing what they would normally do and then God did what only he could do. So when we have good spiritual disciplines, when we are participating in good spiritual patterns, when we're doing what we know we should do, all of a sudden one day can become this day. And that's what I'm praying for today. That this, you woke up, it might've just been one day on your calendar. It might've just been one day on your schedule, but I'm praying that one day becomes this day. Is there anybody believing in faith that one day can be this day? Peter and John were simply following a spiritual discipline. They were going as they were accustomed to the temple to pray. You know, they could have prayed on their own, but they knew there was something about corporate prayer. They were following their pattern. I wonder, what if they had just stayed home and prayed in their bedroom that day? Well, I got pretty quiet in the place today. <laughs> what if they had skipped because God knew their hearts? 
If this is your first Sunday, I'm not yelling, I'm just excited. <laughs> okay. He is yelling, I'm just, it's me. Okay. What if they didn't go because something more fun came across their way? I think they would have missed out on the miracle that God wanted them to participate in. God used their spiritual pattern, their normal routine, their commitment to everyday life uh, combined with the sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. They saw a need and because they were doing what they were supposed to be doing, because they, they just got out of bed and they said, yes, I'll go and do, they encountered a supernatural opportunity. I, I love that kid's song that's based on this passage where I said, Peter and John went to pray and they met a lame man on the way. You know, when you, you're looking at your iCal or whatever, you know, maybe you saw a paper planner, you probably won't mark down Tuesday at noon miracle. Sign me up. <laughs> but you may encounter supernatural opportunities when you're just going on your way. You may be in the, the waiting room at the doctor's office. You might be in the checkout line at the grocery store. You, you might be pumping gas at the gas, whatever. But when you're on your way, if you'll remain sensitive to the Holy Spirit, you'll have spirit, supernatural opportunities that come to you as a result of following spiritual patterns. Number two, I gotta skip the next half page. All right, number two. Shifting attention increases expectation. Shifting attention increases expectation. The Bible says when he saw Peter and John about to enter. He asked them for money. Peter looked at him, as did John. I would just say that this guy asked everybody who was walking by for money. Uh, later on, we can read that he'd been lame for 40 years. So somewhere along the way, he had to learn how to deal with disappointment. You know, if, if you're in sales, you understand it's a numbers game. You need this many cold calls to get this many leads, to close this many deals. I was talking with a business guy two weeks ago in our church. He said, our, our closing rate is this. And he was trying to explain it to me, you know, because I'm like, I don't closing rate, you know, like, are you fast? I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. Once somebody said, okay, it, it might be a mathematical process. You need this many calls for this many leads, this many sales. I, I would guess this guy kind of knew after 40 years, if I sit there this long, this many people will come by. I'll probably get about this much because it's, it's a routine. It's a normal thing. He was sitting there at the gate of the temple. There's something about knowing if people are going to pray, they might be more likely to help me in that situation. And so he was there. He probably didn't camp out there at midnight when nobody was coming for prayer. He, like, he knew what he was doing. Friends came, dropped him off. But over 40 years, how many people know there were people who would walk by and give him nothing? Right? Right, so he, but he's sitting there, he's doing what he's doing, and I'm not sure that, that he was really asking them to give something with high expectation. I'm not even sure, in fact, I think it sounds like he was looking down, maybe at his cup, maybe at his feet that, 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 that couldn't work, and he, just alms, alms for the poor, could you help? You know, I'm not sure. It doesn't seem like he was looking up and making eye contact because it says Peter and John looked at him and then Peter had to tell him, hey, look at us. There's something about shifting our attention that raises our expectation, right? I remember this, Pastor Mary used to tell me, she told the kids every week, hey, listen with your eyes. 
If you'll just look up, if you'll make eye contact, if you'll shift your attention off your situation and onto what's coming, it's one of the reasons that we gather for praise and worship is that what we're trying to do is get our attention off of ourselves. We're trying to get our focus off of our problems and we're trying to lift up our eyes to the hills from whence our help comes. We're trying to focus on the one who could do something about it. Our day, our routine, our week, we look down and we're struggling and we're hurting and we look Look at the stock market, and it's always red. Just praying for Christmas. Can we get some green on the screen? Okay. <laughs> but when we enter into the temple of God, when we encounter the presence of God and we lift our eyes, when our focus shifts off of ourselves and onto the one who could do something, when we, we pay attention, we listen with our eyes. You know, this is not just true spiritually. It's true relationally. If we put the phone down, if we turn the TV off and we'll turn and listen with our eyes. Newsflash, that's more than just pushing mute on the TV. <laughs> Yesterday, uh, we were at men's breakfast and I came home and Dana had taken the kids to like the apple orchard or something. And then they came home and, and Lincoln, he's eight and he always, he's never tired. He's never tired. <laughs> he was like, we need to play catch. And I was like... Your sister Kennedy wants to play catch. <laughs> He's like, okay, dad, we'll come watch. What was he saying? Dad, will you listen with your eyes? Thankfully, I just finished the message. I was able to shut my laptop and, and I was able to go outside and he tricked me. He didn't want me to listen with my eyes. He wanted me to actually throw it to them. So he was like, dad, you be the all-time quarterback. I'm like, I am pretty good compared to you two. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> You know, in your relationships, when we're going through life, why don't we listen with our eyes? You know, my uncle, my dad's older brother, Randall Ross, who was with us, I don't know, just a couple years ago, he'd always said, wherever you are, be there. Let's just be present. Let's just listen with our eyes. Let's give somebody our attention, not looking beyond them or who else can we go talk to instead. You know, when we're at work, let's be at work. When we're at home, let's be at home. Wherever we are, let's be there. Let's listen with our eyes. But we recognize that shifting attention increases expectation. Number three, skip another half page. I just preach a lot faster if I just skip half of it. That's phenomenal. Number three, <laughs> what we do have is greater than what we do not have. What we do have is greater than what we do not have. Too many Christians begin their phrases like Peter did, but they don't finish the statement. Peter said, silver and gold, I do not have. You ever met that person that's always talking about what they don't have? I don't have this, and well, if I had that, and I didn't do this, and I can't do this. You know, but the question is not what you don't have. The question is, what do you have? <laughs> he was like, hey, I know you're asking for silver and gold, and I can't help you there. <laughs> I can't give you what you want, but it turns out I have what you need. He said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. He may not have had the money that the man was looking for, but he had access to the power the man truly needed. You know, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you've surrendered your life to him, you're walking in his ways, you have what people need. You, you might not have what they want, 
You know, there are people who have a list of valid needs. Uh, you know, we would probably call it want, but I'm just saying that it's real. Maybe they, they you know, need shoes or they, they need a house, whatever. I, so I'm not minimizing those, but you may or may not be in a position where you are able to help them with that situation. And by the way, I just want you to know, you should not feel guilty about that. You should not feel condemnation for that. You, if, if you are able to help someone, the spirit leads you to do it, you should do it. But if you're not able to do it, come on, that, that's just guilt and pressure from somebody else. And it's not from God. But you can always give them what they need. The truth is, if somebody's hungry and you don't have any money, you, you can't buy them a meal. But you could pray for them, you could encourage them, and it turns out the next day, they'll need to eat again. So if you're a follower of Jesus, if you've surrendered your life to him, you ought to know that every person you encounter, regardless of your bank account, you have what they need. Access to the power of God that'll change their life forever. This man was asking for pocket change, but instead Peter offered him life change. (laughs) The power that we have access to is so much greater than the needs that we are facing. Then he said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Aren't you glad that it's not in our name? (laughs) Aren't you glad that it's not because of what we have done? (laughs) Aren't you glad that it's not because of the good things or our resume? No, he said it's in the name of Jesus. Here is a man, Peter, who's probably keenly aware of his shortcomings and his failures. He had been a close disciple of Jesus. He'd walk with him. He'd seen him do miracles. And then he denied him three times. But he recognized the Holy Spirit didn't make him better than somebody else. He made him better than he was on his own. And all of a sudden, Peter knows It's not in my name, it's not in my ability, but it's in the name of Jesus. Some people think, well, I don't don't think I could heal him. You won't. So don't worry about it. It's not in your name that you're praying. It's not in my name. It's not in the name of the church or anybody. Come on, it's in the name of Jesus. And it's that name that is above every other name. Come on, somebody. It's the source for our power, the name of Jesus. The only name that can heal every disease and meet every, every need. It's, it's the name of Jesus. It's the name at which every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. It's the name of Jesus. He's, he's the lion and the lamb. He's the lily of the valley. He's the bride and morning star. Come on, it's the name of Jesus, the one who conquered death, hell in the grave, the almighty, the unmatched, the unsurpassed, incomparable name of Jesus Christ. It's in that mighty name of Jesus Christ that he said, get up and walk. Romans 8 and 11 said, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because it's his spirit who lives in you. It's in the name of of Jesus. The name of Jesus is greater than any need that you're facing. You may not be able to help everyone, but there is hope for all, and his name is Jesus. So use whatever you have. If it's a smile, be hospitable. If you could cook, make somebody a meal. If you're friendly, be a greeter. If you're mean, pray a little longer. I don't know. You know? <laughs> don't be on the greeter team if you're mean. We don't want that. <laughs> uh, we'll pray for you. Anyway, whatever it is, let's What we do have is greater than what we do not have. Number four, uh, I need to close. 
so that we could pray. Uh, one changed life impacts many lives. Yeah, there's a multiplying effect in the kingdom of God. What God did was the original must-see TV. Everybody recognized the difference in this healed man's life. It says, when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. You know, I'm not sure... Uh, doesn't seem like we read about his name very often, but we, we know what his condition was. A lot of people knew that he had a problem, knew that he had a condition. And the truth is, in those days, his problem, his condition kept him from the same temple worship as other people. You know, if you've studied maps, I don't know if your Bible has pictures in the back or not, but the temple area, there was like this outer gate, then an inner gate, and, and courtyards, and then the temple, and then inside the temple, they had the Holy of Holies. So they, it was maybe like 15 football fields in size. That's big, 15 U.S. Bank stadiums. That's a big church. <laughs> and uh, can you imagine the utility bill? I'm just kidding. They didn't have electricity. Um, so maybe he was at the outer gate or the next one. Whatever it was, you know, they had a spot where women could go and, and Gentiles. And there was all those other problems. Jesus came to break that stuff down and say, everybody's welcome. As Pastor Dan reminded us, right, at the Lord's table, it's his table and everybody's welcome. Male and female, young and old, rich and poor, light and dark, right? Everybody's welcome. It's his table. But his condition meant that he couldn't go into the temple like other people. And I'm so glad that although his problem kept him from that presence, the presence wasn't limited by his problem. But it took some men who were on a spiritual routine, following a pattern, they were filled with faith, and because he couldn't get to where the power was, they brought the power to him. So like in a minute, we're going to pray in church, believe that God would do miracles, but I want to just say, whatever he does in here is supposed to impact out there, (laughs) Right? This is like the first miracle, but it better not be the last. What, what he does, we're supposed to take and let it impact what he does out there. So, so he was sitting there and, and people were like, what's going on? And they recognized him as the guy who used to have a condition, who used to have a problem. And notice, because that was gone, all of a sudden it says they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. I just want to say that when the power of God hits somebody's life, you don't need a marketing plan to get the word out. People will take notice. They're like, he is not the same. She is a different person. There's something, even if all the circumstances haven't changed, people can notice something has happened. They are not the same. By the way, I, I might make mention too, I don't really have time for this, we're gonna pray, so I want the pastors and prayer partners to get ready. I'll call you forward in a second. If people can't notice that something is different, I would ask if you've been really changed. But aren't you glad that in the presence of God, real authentic power, that's what Paul said, I, I don't wanna come with just wise and persuasive words. I don't wanna have to talk you into it. I want it to be so obvious what God is doing that people can't help but be amazed, filled with wonder. Who is this one named Jesus? (laughs) Because, you know, Peter and John weren't the only ones that had walked by that guy for a number of times. There were probably thousands and thousands of people that had walked by the lame man day in 
and day out. There he is again, and then we go back on. See you tomorrow, same time. All right, see you then. <laughs> Fist bump. And all of a sudden, he was healed. It was just one day. It wasn't necessarily a special day, but how many people know that one day turned into a very special day for that man? <laughs> and his life was changed forever. I close with this, and the band can come out, and we're going to pray. Uh, don't be surprised by the supernatural. Don't be surprised by the supernatural. Um, let me just read you a couple more verses. I don't know if it's as hot out there as it is up here, but I'm just sweating. So, <laughs> uh, Chapter three, let me just read on. This is what happened as a result. And, and then we're gonna pray that God would do what only he could do. It says, while the man held on to Peter and John, I just you know, would like to echo last week's message that there's importance for community. Uh, this man had lived 40 years one way. How many people know it was going to probably take him some time to adjust to a new way of living? <laughs> Peter and John didn't look at him and say, well, you were healed, figure it out. No, come on, we need spiritual mothers and fathers still to this day who will walk with people as their life has been changed and say, here's how we're going to do this thing. So the man held on to Peter and John and all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? What was he saying? You ought to expect this. Like this is, this is not a game that we're in. This is not a trick that we just witnessed. This is the power of God. If three people can get saved by that power in one day, of course one dude could get healed who couldn't walk. He's like, of course, why are you surprised? He says, why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness, we have made this man walk? Like in a minute when the pastors and prayer partners come up here, just so you know, don't look at us like we're gonna heal you because we're not, but we know the one who is. <laughs> says, it's the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers who has glorified his servant Jesus. Now listen to this gospel presentation. Whenever acts of power happen, they should always be accompanied by a proclamation of the gospel, an opportunity for people to find and follow Jesus. This is what Peter said, in case you missed it. He said, um, you're the ones actually who handed him over to be killed. And you're the ones who disowned him before Pilate, but Pilate had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you instead. You, he said, killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. Yes. Come on, you've made decisions to sin. You've made decisions to go your own way. You've made decisions that fall short of the glory of God. But God in his wisdom and his love and his provision gave his son Jesus and he raised him back to life. All of your mistakes, all of your sinful behavior, all of your terrible choices cannot outweigh the goodness and the grace of our God. But God raised him from the dead. And he said, now we're all witnesses of this. And this is our key. He says, it's by faith in the name of Jesus. By the way, it's the same faith that saves us. It's the same faith that we'll see us healed. He says, it's by faith in the name of Jesus, this man, this one who was crippled, the one whom you see and know was made strong. 
It's by faith in Jesus that this man's life would be changed. And I would add to that, he would say, it's that same faith in Jesus that you can see your life changed as well. He said, it's in Jesus' name. And the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him as you can all see. Miracles were never intended to be locked up inside the temple. One of the great things that Jesus did was come to empower his followers to take his gospel, his healing power, his goodness, his grace, everywhere we go. Amen? All right, I'm going to ask if you're able, if you'd stand to your feet this morning. I'm going to ask the pastors and prayer partners to make their way forward. Uh, Will's got some anointing oil, and here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. And uh, we're going to pray for a number of minutes. I've rushed as much as I could without hurrying too much. Wanted to lay at least a a biblical foundation for what we're going to experience so it's not just an emotional response, but we're going to pray. We're going to join dozens and dozens who prayed in the first service, and and we're going to pray. Whether you got a bad report this week, last year, maybe your whole life, I I don't know what it is. Uh, I was talking with some of our prayer partners and said, man, we we prayed for uh, a, a gal that was getting served divorce papers this week. We prayed for somebody with cancer, prayed for somebody with Parkinson's, and we're just believing in faith that God will heal them all. And we're gonna pray. So if you're here and there's a need in your life, a struggle that you're going through, maybe there's a friend or family member that can't be with us and you wanna come and you wanna stand in the gap on their behalf and, and you'll become that point of contact. And we're gonna agree together. We're gonna believe that God will do what only he can do. And after we pray for a few minutes, we'll give opportunity. If God heals you in these moments. We, we want to share that. And if he heals you on the way home, you can email us back. You can turn it in on the website, the app, whatever it is. But, but we're just believing that God would show off. He would demonstrate through acts of power. Amen. So I'm going to pray and then the team will begin to lead us. And if there's a need in your life, you can step forward and we're going to pray for a while. After, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes, whatever it is, Pastor David will come and he'll pray for us before we go. But uh, we're just going to ask God to do what only he can do. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that you love us. You proved it. You demonstrated that love when you sent Jesus to die for us. So Jesus, in faith, we received your salvation. We just simply believed. We believed that you were who you say you were, that you could do what you said you could do, that you came, you lived a perfect life, you died on the cross, but you were raised back to life. And now that same resurrection power is available to us. And so as we've believed in faith that we've been forgiven of our sin, that we'll live with you forever in heaven, in that same attitude and atmosphere of faith, today we pray and we ask that you would do what only you could do. You would heal each and every sickness and disease, that you would rectify situations that have been misaligned and out of order, that you would do it not for our fame, not for our glory, not for our even our enjoyment, but for your name sake we pray, that many would come to know you, that it'd be undeniable to the people that we work with, undeniable to the people in our neighborhoods that we go to school with, that that they would recognize, hey, isn't that the man? Isn't that the woman that used to sit at the gate and beg, that used to not be able, and now all of a sudden they're so different. They've been changed and it would be an opportunity for your kingdom to be expanded here on earth as it is in heaven. So Father, hear our prayers and meet the needs of your people today. We pray it in Jesus' name. Come on. If there's a need in your life, why don't you step out in faith and let us pray with you together as the team leads us here this morning as we offer our prayers to him in the mighty name of Jesus.
We hope that you learned something from this message and are able to apply it to your life. If you gave your life to Jesus for the first time or for the 10th time, please reach out to us on Facebook or email us at info at celebrationchurch.net. Thank you for listening. We'll see you again next week.